Welcome to an electrifying episode of Division Tech Talk. Today, we are honored to have Vlad Mukachev, trailblazing tech entrepreneur and visionary joining us. Vlad, your role in the fintech arena is truly inspiring. From AI chatbots to Web3 innovations, thank you for being here. Could you introduce yourself and provide a glimpse into your journey as a tech guru shaping the fintech landscape? Thanks a lot for the introduction. Just to start off, it's uh, too early to call myself a guru, probably like a person who's really enthusiastic and very eager to explore this space. But as a quick introduction, I guess I run an agency as well, actually a couple, but it's at the end of the day, all the kind of the, the same team. So we focus on blockchain solutions. We focus on AI chatbot and AI avatar solutions, biometric verification. And I'm sure we'll go into that later on in this podcast. But I think the main thing to understand about me is I actually started off doing environmental studies. So I came through the whole environmental engineering side, meaning air pollution, noise pollution, and that kind of like side of uh, environment intersection with tech. That's how I would say this. So um, yeah, I mean, that's how I started in the whole tech space, exploring firstly at university, all of, as I said, like urban growth, because it has to do a lot of with numbers. Once again, the levels of pollution, levels of urban growth, and um, other interesting stats like that. And then very, very slowly on, I launched essentially my little blockchain agency that was 2018 or 19. And since then, we've been growing and growing and doing very, very many, many different things in different segments. So as I said, we've expanded from blockchain to other emerging tech. So I think this is a very sort of brief introduction from me and how I got into the space. And since then, we've just, I'm exploring more things, more things that we could be doing. And uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing about your background and how you actually started. As you mentioned, your ventures include pioneering AI chatbots and avatars in Creoverse. How do these innovations intersect with the fintech sector and how are they transforming customer interactions and experiences within the financial domain? So the way we see AI avatars and bots specifically in the fintech is as pretty much with any segment is being able to customize experiences, right? So if previously the way a, even a bot would interact with a person is normally through a question and an answer, right? And the biggest problem about that, it's always a very pre-written question and answer, meaning that there's something in the database. And if you go slightly left or right, the bot wouldn't really respond and understand what you're trying to say. So lately within the fintech and even wider as well, within the insurance space as well, we have customers who are coming to us and saying, hey, we want AI bots or avatars, meaning the same bot, but with some 3D face on it to provide more customized experiences with the end consumer that take into account, for example, your existing numbers, your existing plan that you're on, your numbers, how you could save money and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, it's just a better, more efficient way to give a more personalized service to the end consumer. And that's exactly what we're focusing on in Creaverse. We're building that for companies so that they could then provide that hyper-personalized experience to their users. Web3 is a game changer and your role at TGR involves leveraging it. How does Web3 redefine fintech solutions and how can startups harness this technology to transform their offerings and streamline their operations? 
Do you mean in general or like, is that like still a fintech case or is it for all of the companies? Well, we can go in both directions, Web3 in the fintech space and Web3 in general. I think the answer, it really depends on the industry because from what we see, some industries need it more, some industries need it less. Obviously, where there's more of a consumer facing aspect than companies need it. When it's just very B2B focused, we see less few use cases. And also it depends on the whole idea of whether a company wants to use Web3 and blockchain for, let's call it gamification of the experience, meaning that they can just issue NFTs with images or some kind of like unique animations, videos, images as a badge, or you could call it as a high five. For example, the first hundred users get this unique NFT. That's the first use case, once again, gamifying experiences. Or the second use case is something invisible to the end consumer, but it just runs sort of in the back end, meaning that it's easier for companies to, for example, in the supply chain, right? Many companies in retail, that what they're experimenting with a lot, they're trying to build supply chains in a way that everything runs through blockchain. And then at every single point of the supply chain, the company could monitor for example, who is the person who signed off this batch of products? Where was it produced? And stuff like this. So I guess I'm just trying to keep it very wide at this point and say there's the consumer gamification aspect, loyalty and all of that. And then there's the business backend use case, especially in digital products or retail, or once again, anyone that has to do with a consumer and interact with them every single day. There's a lot of use cases and it's kind of easier to implement it because if you can provide something meaningful in a form of an NFT, for example, some brands I've seen, they've been experimenting, you get an NFT and the NFT itself is 20% off a discount on a t-shirt. That's one of the use cases I've seen in the UK. So I think the future is really brands that can gamify the experiences through NFTs. And for the businesses themselves, I think it's going to be a lot slower, the whole progress because it just takes more time and more courage, more strategy to implement the whole NFT or blockchain side into the business. I don't know, maybe you have an opinion on this? Yeah, on the general side, I completely agree with you. Actually, there are a lot of different use cases and scenarios for how can Web3 technologies improve the everyday life of the users. Yes, currently you're right that current stage and use of Web3 is mainly towards B2C. We don't see it in the B2B or they're like really small adoption, small projects in the B2B space and very limited in the enterprise segment. So for the regular users and clients, it provides a lot of different benefits. NFTs is also one of the most recent use cases, but other people can benefit also from things like smart contracts. For example, in the real estate industry, there are a lot of uh, application in the supply chain. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to add here, I think, as you said, the word benefits, because as with any tech, there's always benefits. A lot of different tech can bring many benefits, but I think the key question is, what specifically creates value in a specific business use case. And from what I'm seeing in the web free space is people do realize the benefits, even companies that are not using web free, 
they do understand the overall mechanics and the overall benefits. But I think what's interesting is that only few segments and a very small percentage of companies have been actually able to create additional value through that. And what I mean by value is probably it more has to do with finances. So the question that even I have, what do you think? Is it a matter of time and testing? Or does this mean that, for example, only B2C use cases have more chances because it's kind of easier to see where the value comes from? Yeah, difficult question. I think the adoption in the B2C is easier quicker to implement and easier for the actual feedback from the customers to get. For the B2B, you're right, there are still a lot of uncertainties, especially when it comes to crypto and moreover in the enterprise segment. So I think first, this technology is in its very early stage and still need a lot of time and investment. And also all the current innovators, I'll use this word because currently the majority of the projects are in the innovation and proof of concept stage. So a lot of the innovators has to do a lot of efforts to educate the general public, not only the consumers, but also the companies. But you're correct. For example, with NFT, we see a lot of big brands and companies that are launching different products. On top of my mind, I remember that last year, it's maybe an old example with the World Cup. There were a lot of interesting NFT projects by FIFA, by big clubs, and this works really well. And NFTs is just one very small example. There are a lot of different use cases, but still it's uh, difficult to get them on the market. I totally agree. And the question is what companies, innovators can do to easily pilot Web3 projects into the other spaces and domains, and especially to very regulated, very conservative ones like banking, energy, telecommunications. Yeah. I also think, once again, it's the case that we might, we don't know, everything is still very early. It might be the case that the technology and Web3 overall won't become as mainstream. Of course, I personally hope so. I do hope that it will become a very, very big thing. But the reality is also showing that not everywhere it's actually needed. Because I remember at the beginning when the market was growing, everyone was just trying to say, hey, do the same thing. But just, you know, move all of your companies, all of your operations to web-free infrastructure. And I think as time passes, it's easier to see where the value actually comes. For example, I can definitely see use cases in something like real estate, supply chain, and um, other segments like this, where there's need for a very objective party, meaning that the blockchain records transactions. But even once again, going back to the consumer-facing front, I'm actually personally not also convinced, does it actually matter that something that you got from the project, from the company, and let's talk about, for example, as an NFT, does it actually need to be an NFT or can it stay as a digital sticker that is not on the blockchain or anywhere else? Or talking wider, does every company need to, for example, transition all of their supply chains to blockchain? And I think in many cases, for example, businesses have been asking us and saying, like, why? 
And very often the answer is because it's the future, right? Or something like that. And this is why, for me, the most interesting question is understanding, you know, where the value comes. Because, for example, going back to the internet, it was pretty quickly obvious that internet is cheaper, quicker, and you could do online commerce more efficiently because you could just ship the product directly to the person. So what I'm just trying to say is the value is very, very clear. A person can get a product cheaper and within two days. So there's very clear value proposition. In the case of web free, I feel like many projects are just saying, hey, we need web free just for the sake of having web free in our project. I think it will just take time, really. I don't have an answer as well, just in case. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, currently with the AI booming topic, there were a lot of interest and uh, also funding transferred into this domain. A year or two, it was the Web3 crypto in the hype. And also money was a little bit more easier to get. So there were a lot of new initiatives, projects. Mm -hmm. And I've been to numerous conferences and trade shows. And all the startups, (laughs) I think, just needed to put like crypto or web3 and ai yeah yeah so they can attract and gain more funding or visibility i agree but i actually have a question for you then okay so very often i also hear this this whole thought of more funding is needed more funding is needed to prove the use case more funding is needed to identify new solutions and develop new products right but isn't it the case that actually it works vice versa that there's a business problem first and then a solution appears. Because I feel very often with Web3, a product is created before a problem is identified. Because look at even AI now. AI is going through a very similar hype. Yeah, Products are growing, funding is growing. But I think we can clearly see already is that there's a lot more, once again, practical use cases already. Not just because we need to use AI, but you know, Designers can create websites quicker. Engineers can calculate stuff quicker. Like you can already see how it affects the fundamental like numbers on the back end, whether it's people spending less time, hence money. So the question is, do you think with Web3, it's the matter of more money? Or is it like, what, what is it with, <laughs> with, with Web3? I think uh, the answer to this question is based on the Two factors. First is the you know adoption of the technology first. Secondly, there are different market cycles. So as you mentioned, currently the hype is in AI and year two it was like in Web3 and crypto. So in that period, for me, I think the projects were mostly driven in terms of fundraising, uh, not on the actual problem solving or problem market fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but currently, this has changed. And I think that at the moment, there are like a lot of good projects that are still running that are either like in life or getting ready to go stage. And this actually will work very well for the entire Web3 environment. So most of the majority of the projects that were mostly focused on the fundraising and the money not the actual problem, has already been postponed or stopped. And the real ones that actually have some potential will actually make impact. 
Okay. So those projects that are left, you think will be driving the further growth and expansion of Web3 overall? Yes, to my opinion. Yeah, interesting. Because it's very interesting, as I said, like looking at the AI wave. And still, I do think, I don't know, accidentally or intentionally, I feel like more projects have been able to find a clear product market fit compared to Web3. And uh, this is just why I'm curious and questioning why Web3 hasn't been able to do that. But yeah, hopefully Web3 can come back again in the next one, two years. Hopefully. Thank you, Vlad, for sharing your insights on Web3 in today's episode. It's been a fascinating discussion, and we've only scratched the surface of this exciting topic. In fact, we're thrilled to announce that we'll be continuing this conversation with you in our next episode. So stay tuned for more deep dives into the world of Web3.